0: Would you like to accelerate your career and reach your full potential in just minutes a day? Welcome to the LeadEx show with New York Times best-selling author and Inc 500 entrepreneur Kevin Cruz. Can 9 minutes once a week transform you from being a manager into a true leader? Hello, everyone. Kevin Cruz here. And in just a minute, we're going to talk about the quick and easy way to go from manager to leader. But first, don't forget to visit leadx.org, that's O R G, where you'll find hundreds of articles from the best leadership and career experts out there. Visit leadx.org. Our guest today is a management consultant, change specialist, adventurer, and motivational speaker. He's been helping equip and transform leaders for over 20 years. He's the author of Nine Minutes on Monday, the quick and easy way to go from manager to leader, which, by the way, was named Business Book of the Year by Canada's Globe and Mail. Our guest is James Robbins. James, welcome to the show. Hey Kevin, thanks for having me. It's good to be here. Yeah, I'm. I'm looking forward to it, and we're gonna chat about your book in just a minute. But I always invite our guests to uh, to open up and share a time when you failed at something, and what did you What did you learn from it? Because we want to learn from your failure too. <laughs> oh wow, that's a uh, wow. The challenge to that
1: question is picking one. I've got so many. Well, I guess in a leadership context, um, I think back to honestly when I was younger was actually working as a young pastor at a church. And back then I didn't want anyone to know that I didn't know what I was doing. And so trying to lead from that space, you know, you you're not a very collaborative leader and you don't uh, bring in a lot of input. And uh, this led, you know, to a distance between me and my team. And because of that, I had harder and harder times actually influencing them and getting to do things. So Anyways, we had to have somebody come in and kind of help me see that like as a coach. And really, all they wanted was just more authenticity from me. And I learned back then that that's essential to building trust and, and loyalty as a leader.
0: I love that. I think that, I mean, authenticity seems to be a hot topic, but people just get it wrong. I mean, it, it's uh, it, to be a little bit vulnerable is the quickest way you're going to build trust. And I'm sure you recovered from your, your initial uh, you know, withholding of some things pretty quickly.
1: Yeah, no doubt. And then it's a lot freer of a place to to lead. You know,
0: part of that, I think, goes with just confidence as you get older. But yeah, definitely a big lesson back then. So, James, your book is Nine Minutes on Monday, the quick and easy way to go from manager to leader. So let's start with the role of manager. And you say you like to remind people that there are three truths that we need to know about a, a leader. What do you mean about these three truths? Well, yeah, just trying to bring everyone back to the the
1: most important things. And, And the first one is that, you know, as a manager, as a leader, whichever term you want to use for yourself, at the end of the day, we're paid to produce results. I mean, that's why we're in business. And that's what leaders do. They produce results. But the thing is, who do those results come through? Is it you or the people that you lead? Well, it's a combination of both. But if your people outnumber you, which they typically do, then it's really your people that produce the results. So in other words, If your scoreboard, if how you're evaluated as a leader is actually linked to those results, then your people really are your scoreboard. And so that's why you want to do everything in your power to make sure that you're helping them be as successful as you need them to be. And that's one of the challenges that we get so busy as leaders that we get focused on all these other things instead of, hey, how can I help my people be the best they can be?
0: Leadex listeners this is really uh, resonating with me because you know back when I was young and dumb and my initial companies were failing largely it was because uh, you know back then I did not under like I I thought it was all about me not consciously but I you know thought I always had the right idea and I knew what to do and I was micromanaging and at some point I realized if I really wanted to scale both impact and financially just, you know, as James said, I was not going to be able to do it by myself. It really was only going to happen because of the team. And what I found was like the less I worked in the business and more I worked just on bringing in great talent and then supporting them and trying to be the best leader I could be, everything turned around. I wish I knew those uh, three truths (laughs) at a much earlier age. And James, you say that You know, there are really nine drivers of engagement or basic needs. And obviously, in a short podcast, we can't go deep into all of them. But walk us through them or summarize them for us. Yeah, well, when you
1: think about motivation, a lot of motivation is just is driven by needs that people have. You know, we have a need, so we're motivated to take action. Well, it's the same thing for us, you know, psychologically when it comes to the workplace. And there's these nine things that drive us to move forward. And I kind of break them up into three groups of three, but the first three have to do with the with the individual employee themselves. And the first need is the need to be more than a number. And studies are clear. In fact, it was Towers Perrin, and now Towers Watson in their global workforce study. And they surveyed the entire – they served 90,000 people around the globe asking them, you know, what drives engagement for you? And the number one response worldwide was people said, when senior management takes a genuine interest in me as a person. Mm. And so at the end of the day, that's what people, they want to know that they're not just being used, that they're not a number, that they're not just an asset, that people notice them, that they care about them. So that's one of the big needs. And obviously care is one of the sources of trust. And when people know that you care there's this also this law of reciprocity that kicks in. And when they feel like you care about them, they're willing to care back about you. And they know that caring back about you means working hard for you. And so that's such an important need that we need to make sure we meet. And we can do that in the simplest of ways, honestly, just by showing a genuine interest in them as people that we know a little bit more about their lives other than the fact that they just work for us.
0: And James, I just want to interject, you know, yeah. inter- interrupt your your list and because I just wrote down, you know, care is a source of trust. And then as you were just saying, you know, sh- there's different ways we can show that we care. And I was uh, interviewing someone else who said even something as simple as, you know, knowing the the names of the spouse or significant other, you know, of our team members, the names of their kids. I mean, that goes a long way to showing we care about them as people, right?
1: Absolutely. It's those small, tiny things. Uh, and, and again, it's a lot of leaders. It's not that we don't care. It's just that we get so busy in the weeds doing everything else that we forget to just stop and schedule some time to go, you know what, I'm going to go and be intentional about exercising this, this need for my employees. Great. So that's the first one. The second need is uh, the need for growth. And, and Everyone, you know, this is pretty self-explanatory, but everyone has this drive and desire to continue to grow, to improve. In fact, we find a sense of purpose in that. And it's hard sometimes just to grow by ourselves, and especially in these busy environments. And so when our boss is, is, kind of injecting them into our lives, helping us to develop. Uh, That goes a long way for us to really engage more of our talents. Plus, they're going to be more, uh, they're going to be trained talents at the same time. So uh, feeling like we're being developed is, is number two. And then number three is just our need to be recognized and appreciated. And you know, every time I'm doing a workshop, I talk about this because recognition and appreciation is is the the cheapest form of feedback that we can give people. And it's so powerful because from the time that we were little, we've linked what we create, whether it was a drawing that we did for mom, we've linked what we create with how we feel about ourselves. And so when we're pouring ourselves into our work and then nobody notices, we kind of notice that. But when a boss all of a sudden, shows up and recognizes either great work or just appreciates that we're actually doing our job. It means a lot to us, and it meets a need there. So that's a huge source as well of just engagement. It's in, in fact, it's a reinforcement that we're valuable as as a person. Mm, makes sense. So those are the, the the first three needs. The next three needs actually have to do with needs that I call of the job. In other words how can we make the job more motivational itself? Because when we can inspire intrinsic motivation, so that, in other words, that motivation that comes from within, the nice part about that is when people are intrinsically motivated, it takes the heavy lifting off of us. And so three ways we do that, or the three needs are, the first one is achievement or, or, or mastery, this need to pursue a goal. And so it's about, Making sure that your people have a goal or at least a very specific, clear expectation of what success looks like that they're heading towards. But that's only one piece of it. And our role as managers leaders is to make sure that they have a goal, but then to give them feedback on their progress. And that's the huge piece. And so everyone knows that we need to give feedback to our employees, but sometimes they don't connect the fact that feedback closes that achievement loop for people because it helps them see, hey, this is where I see see you. And you're either ahead of the pace or you're right on pace or you're behind the pace. It's just feedback. It's information. But people crave that so that they can either make adjustments or double down or feel great about what they're doing. Mm. So achievement is number four. Number five is our need for purpose. And it's this idea of, of linking purpose to paycheck. And in fact, this is one of the most powerful motivators that there is. And it's one of the most neglected that I see in the workplace where when we can help somebody see that their role is part of something bigger. We help them find significance in what they do. And and sometimes they just need to be reminded. And I'll give you an example. Uh, In my my church recently, I had this woman who volunteers for teaching the Sunday school. So she's just volunteering. And she said to me, she said, every once in a while, I just need to be reminded that I'm doing this for the kids. Mm. And it's a funny story because it shows you that regardless of how, how valuable the job might be that we're doing, we forget at times And we just get stuck in job mode and a good boss can come in there and raise people's eyes back up to say, hey, we're actually doing something really cool here and just remind people of that from time to time. So that's purpose. And then the number six is autonomy. People have this need to be self-directed. And this is why we want to give people freedom. This is why we want to help people have choice in how they do things. Um, Even even as simple as. Seeking input or feedback from your employees. And I say, in fact, that's one of the easiest ways to exercise autonomy for people is just pull them in on your decisions. And you've got, you got you make decisions all the time. Well, pull them in on it and they're going to feel more part of the team. The idea of autonomy is to help people feel like they're owners, not employees. Mm, and right. when they do, you know, when you when you're operating from the space of an owner, you're going to take more initiative. You're going to be more uh, more invested. And really, that's that's engagement right there.
0: James, this is another really uh, important point, and it triggered a memory of an early mentor I had, and on this idea of autonomy and trying to give as much freedom as possible. And you know, he used to say that companies go crazy with all their rules and and, and things. And he says the problem is every time you put a rule in in place you're taking away the opportunity for the individual to make a choice. You know, is this a good decision or a bad decision? Should I spend this much on my meal when I'm traveling or this amount? And he says, every time you take away that opportunity for them to make a choice, it becomes someone else's company, not their company. And I think that that's so powerful. It's sort of like that you want them to have that owner mindset. You know, we tend to protect and invest in things that we own or that we built ourselves. And if we don't have that autonomy, it feels like it's your company. It's not my company. So I think that's really powerful.
1: Yeah. And this, I mean, autonomy, that's a, that's, that could be a whole 60 minute segment. There's <laughs> just so much to to talk about with that, but it's true. And, and sometimes when I'll go in, you know, I'll, 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 be going in to speak at a company and, you know, kind of how the drill works and you do some of your pre-homework and you're talking to executives and, and often what I'll hear executives say to me is, you know, we want our people to take more ownership and, and I get that, but some of, some of the reason sometimes why people don't take mo- more ownership is because no one's actually giving them ownership. And so what they're saying is they want their people to work harder, but you have to give them part of the company. And you do that by letting them make those calls, appointing them an expert in a certain area, uh, going to them for d- advice in different places. So, yeah, it's just really making them feel like they're a vested part of the, of the place. Well, the last three needs deal with actually the environment. We can kind of lump them together. Uh, the The first one is the need to connect. And the idea there is it's the need to be part of a, of a functional, healthy team. And when it comes to teams, it's not so much that you have to be friends because you don't, but you you do need a respectful, safe place. Uh, you might have heard the, the term, I'm sure, psychological safety, this idea that on a on a really healthy team, anyone can ask any questions. I mean mm-hmm. you can ask the leader any question. Right. Like there's people feel safe like they're not going to be punished or fired or put in a doghouse, that there's that kind of safety there uh and respect. So again, it's it's not about making people feel like, you know, really gooey and, and lovey after a, a team building event, though that's cool. <laughs> it's it's about respect and it's about making sure people feel safe. Um need number eight is actually fun. And some people, you know, wonder about this, but the idea is, you know, if what's the opposite of that, I mean, is, is a non fun workplace engaging? In fact, I was doing a piece on fun at work and I had a chance to interview a director at a funeral home. His name was Michael Pearson. And, and I, my first question was, Hey, like you work with dead bodies, <laughs> grieving families and serious situations. And do you guys have any fun around here? Right. And his answer to me, I'll never forget it. He says, Oh, here he says, fun is critical. Wow. And he went on to explain about because they work in such a stressful environment that fun is actually a tool that they use to blow off stress, obviously not with the, the client, but amongst themselves, it it helps them deal with a stressful environment. And so it was key to their engagement. And then the last need, which probably overshadows them all, is the need for a model to follow. At the end of the day, you know, this kind of goes back to the the, the truths earlier is that You know, leadership really does make the difference. And I like to talk about this idea of a weighted relationship, that when we're somebody's boss, we have weight in their lives. And this was drilled into us from the time we were little. We've been taught to obey authority. And because of that, people in authority, they play a big role in our lives and they become part of our story. This is why you can probably remember every primary grade school teacher you had every head coach you ever played for and probably every manager you ever worked for. But you can't remember all your classmates, teammates and Mm. and workmates obviously. But why this is important, especially for young leaders to know this is that you bring weight. In other words, your mood counts for more, your words count for more, your example counts for more. And because of that leadership actually is this huge responsibility. And like it or not, there is a morality that's attached to leadership. So, we always have to be mindful about our example and realize that you give up certain rights when you become a leader. Like you, you lose the right to just be moody or you lose the right to just lose your temper in the office all the time. You lose that right because, I mean, you can have it. You can do that if you want. But all you'll do is destroy morale. And so that's why it's important for leaders always to think, you know what? Yeah, I've got to be on today. There's a certain performance that I have to play.
0: Now James let me let me jump in on that one because um I've rattled this around in my brain for a while. So on the one hand, you know, you're saying, "Hey, you know, we lose the right, you know, to be moody or to lash out at someone and all that kind of stuff." And I think there will be people out there that said, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, what about being authentic, being the real me? What about emotional honesty and Steve Jobs was a jerk to everybody, but look what he built out of Apple. So, how would you how would you address that? How do we be authentic, but not that kind of authentic?
1: Sure. <laughs> well, uh, to the Steve Jobs point, you know, if you're going to uh, if you're going to be moody and lash out like Steve Jobs, then you'd better be a Steve Jobs.
0: <laughs> there aren't that many of them out there. <laughs> <laughs>
1: exactly. No, I think at the end of the day, it comes back down to um, you know when you think what brings the best out of you. And you have to remember as well the environment. Like you create an environment. Uh, all of us probably can remember times where we've gone to work and whoever the boss was, you know, maybe they're in a bad mood one day. And it's like the long shadow falls over the office and everyone's hushed voices and like, oh, stay away from so-and-so. And um, yet your coworker could come in a bad mood and nobody cares, right? It only affects a few people. But the idea of being authentic, there's a difference between authenticity and being uh, damaging or unwise so that's just some emotional intelligence there to know the difference like the old adage it's not what you say it's how you say it mm-hmm. it's also not what you feel it's it's how you express it right uh, the same thing with anger because obviously there are lines you wouldn't go around punching somebody in the face because you're mad even though that's authentic
0: <laughs> right, right. Uh, <laughs> you, just can't, you just can't do that <laughs> good good points so Again, I, and I encourage everybody, you know, to, to get deep on these nine basic needs, you know, pick up a copy of nine minutes on Monday because you go deeper into each of them. And I, you know, I'm scribbling down value bombs and phrases as, uh, as we go. And the title, nine minutes on Monday, it refers to a, a weekly ritual that, you know, gets back to these needs. So tell us about this nine minutes on Monday. Yeah. So the idea
1: is that we have to be intentional about our leadership. I mean, let's let's all face it. We are all flying at like a thousand miles an hour. We've got so much on our plates. And so we have to get intentional about engagement and motivation of our staff. In other words, if that's what leads to our success, then let's make sure it's a priority. And the best time I know to make something a priority is first thing at the beginning of the week. So the idea behind nine minutes on Monday, it's a simple ritual that on Monday morning before you open your email, before you pull out your project list of everything you got to do that week, maybe get your coffee. That's about it. But you <laughs> Sit down. And I've got this template people can, you know, fill out and get it for free on my website. But they 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 answer nine questions and the answers to which give them some small, tiny micro goals that they can accomplish this week. And they're simple. It's like, you know, name one employee that I'm going to either recognize or appreciate this week. Uh, Name one employee that I'm going to give feedback to this week. And so what it does is it takes the the things that we know by research that drive engagement and it puts them into micro goals that are manageable for people. And the response I get from a lot of people are like, oh, thank you, because I can do that because it's not overwhelming. And it's here's the thing. At the end of the day, great leadership is the little things done consistently. Mm. That's what it comes down to. And and these are some of those important things. They're not all, but they're definitely some
0: of them. Wow. Great leadership, uh, small things, but done consistently. I love it. So James, before we wrap up, you know, I, I always like to challenge our listeners to get a little bit better every day, and I'm sure they've enjoyed this conversation. Hopefully they were taking notes the way I was, but I want them to anchor you and your book and some of these ideas. So challenge us, give us something we could try out right away. Yeah, I think
1: what you could do is uh, whether it's Monday or not, is that tomorrow morning or if you were listening to this on the way to work uh, when you get in, just before you get so busy, stop for a minute and just think about your staff and just even using the intuitive wisdom that you already have and what you know motivates people create some micro goals, even if it's just two or three, like, Hey, in the next, in the next couple of days, these are a couple of things that I want to do. You know, the things that you, that you know, that you keep putting off and whether that's to go and recognize somebody, whether that's to go and ask, you know, uh, Mary, how her son Joey's soccer tournament was on the weekend, uh, whether it's to help somebody, uh, to pull them in on a, on a question that some advice that you want to seek from them to help them, help them experience autonomy, but just just make two or three micro goals based on even some of the things we we've covered in this podcast and go ahead and execute them. And they'll be those little things that make a difference long term.
0: Love it. And what's the best way our listeners can find out you know more about you and your work? And I know you, you mentioned the uh, the downloadable worksheet.
1: Yeah, thanks for that. Um, you can just the easiest way to get a hold of me is through my website, www.jamesrobbins.com. It's two B's, but jamesrobbins.com. And you can find me there.
0: All right, friends, you've just been mentored by James Robbins. Don't forget, you can get the link you just mentioned, the notes from this interview over at leadx.org. You can get James' book, Nine Minutes on Monday, from Amazon.com or your favorite bookstore. And listeners, don't forget, if you haven't done it already, hop on up to iTunes and subscribe to this show and leave a short, honest review. Until next time, remember, leadership is about influence, not authority. We are all leaders. Lead with intent.